It's Monday, Chaf Aleph Sivan, Tafshin Ayin Hey, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Can't get more classic than that with Israeli music. Pugi with their uh, Yo-Ya. And that what they have many versions of Yo-Ya. Most, most of them are the live versions. This is the original version off of the album Sipuri Pugi. Welcome one and all. Thank you so much for joining the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We appreciate and are happy and thankful and gratified that you have joined us. We are live, as we are each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time. But we are available, as you know, on demand. Anytime you want to hear, anytime you want to have some great Israeli music, analysis of the situation in Israel, politics, inspiration, whatever it is, we are here for you. You can get us through the uh, Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available for free, both for Android and and uh, Apple. And you can get us at NachumSiegel.com. And you probably know all this, but tell your friends so they should join us as well. When they've been joining us, uh, we have 313 likes on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show, and we will be posting a bunch of stuff today. In addition, we always post the links to the songs that we play during the show. Today, we also will be posting some other stuff. We'll tell you about it later in the show. Lots of great new music from Israel. And uh, we'll start off... Um, the new music, we'll start off the new music uh, selections with uh, something that Ariel Zilber just put out. Now it's not, the song isn't really new. The song was written by someone who he collaborated with a lot. Name was uh, Shmulek Chizik. He wrote um, some of the classic songs that Ariel Zilber is known for, Achavral Haganata Teva, Rutsi Shmulek, and so forth. This one is called La'an Panta Ahavatenu. And uh, it's it's very cool. It's like a nostalgic song. Uh, he writes in the notes, this material was created in the 60s. The song was written in the 60s. And I recorded it with the 60s in mind, but using the uh, most modern techniques available in recording music. La'an Panta Ahavatenu. Here is Ariel Zilber recreating a 1960s song written by Shmuelik Chizik. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Just a fun song. I gotta tell you, La'an Panta Ahavatenu. Ariel Zilber putting that out. An old song that he says he found in, uh, in an attic somewhere. And he found a cassette tape of this song in an attic somewhere. And he decided to record it. Very cool. We're presenting a lot of, uh, New music today, and a little later on, we're going to discuss President Obama, President Obama's uh, a charm offensive towards the Jewish community in America. You may remember that he went to a synagogue in Washington and gave a uh, gave a sermon there, and um, he also gave a uh, very long interview to Israeli television's Ilana Dayan. Not a big fan of Benjamin Netanyahu. She is not. And there was a long, I think it was about a 35-minute interview. And all this is part of what, what I've been calling the Trump Offensive because the idea is that President Obama understands that he needs the support of the American Jewish community and the Jews in Israel for his deal, the deal that he is putting together with uh, Iran, the deal that would allow, ultimately, even by his own admission at some point, Iran to have a nuclear bomb, something that I think scares all Jews and all Israelis, it unites everybody, it's it's not a question of right and left, and so um, the president has been reaching out and trying to convince our community that it's a good thing. And uh, some really interesting points we'll make. We'll hear little clips of the interview. We'll try and analyze it. We'll share with you an analysis of David Horowitz, which is a fabulous analysis. Share some of that with you. And more. And lots of great new music. Here is another another really cool song. I just uh, got to tell you, I really enjoyed it. It's from an artist that I have not heard of, but Listened to the first couple of uh, seconds, and I said, ooh, that's a good song. It's called Hitlahavut Halev. The the heart gets excited. Hislavus, as some would say. 
And it's from an artist called Amram Bitone. Brand new. We're going to debut it for you right now here. And we have links to this and all the other songs we're playing. We'll post them later on um, in the day on our Facebook page. So you can enjoy them at home as well. I'm Ram Bitone. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
That is uh, brand new music from uh, Amram Biton, Hitlahavut Halev. And the theme of it is, uh, I understand from what I'm told, from what I read, is a Breslov theme of Alideit Nuot Haguf Ba Hitlahavut Halev. When your when your body is uh, is in action and and physically in motion, it creates an excitement and a joy in your heart. We have in Chazal. I don't know if it's in Chazal or in the Rishonim that Halev Nimshach Achar Hamaasim. That when we do mitzvot, we do actions then our heart follows and we become better people. So that was another brand new song. We have one more, what I think is also a very cool brand new song. This one is from Alon Tamir. And we're going to share it with you now. And then we'll do the uh, President Obama interview and analysis of the uh, situation with uh, President Obama, Israel, Netanyahu, and so forth based on uh, the recent events. Alon Tamir wrote this song based on uh, pieces of uh, different psukim and mikorot, Jewish sources, as uh, he, he writes that the connection to God can come through music. Uh, by the way, I must tell you, I don't even know if this person is orthodox. Because as I've said numerous times recently, the lines, the def, the defining lines between quote-unquote orthodox, non-orthodox and Israel are, are getting blurred. And and someone who may not be orthodox can, can write that we can connect to God, to the living God, he writes, through music. And uh, he says, God has a covenant with us. And God fulfills this covenant. And he says, am I fulfilling my side of the covenant? The song Ahuvati is a song about the covenant of marriage between me and my wife. A covenant that we keep through love, through holiness, kedushah, through anava, umisirut nefesh. And it gives us an idea how God keeps his covenant. He's basically comparing the covenant that the Jewish people have to God with the quote-unquote covenant or agreement, if you will, that he has with his wife. It's a beautiful idea. And the words are all from the Mikorot that he's put together. So it's, At Ahuvati, you are my love. Etzem me'atzamai basami b'sari, which is from Bereshit, where... Uh, man says that the woman is a, uh, comes from him, from a part of his body. Ezer Kenegdi. Baal Kenya Azov Ishet Etimo. Again, um, reference to a Pasuk in Breshit. Vedavak Bishtova Hayula Basarechad. Lechahakel Odeh Alishti. I thank you, God, for my wife. Barecho Tablesser. Ten Osher Bebeti. Bring joy to our home. It's really cool. Really cool. So, um, here it is. Debuting it for you. Alon Tamir. Ahuvati. 
My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. debuting it here on the Israel Show just for you. My name is Mayor Wangan. You, you in fact, are tuned to the Israel Show 
on the Nachum Siegel Network. Coming to you live, as we do every Monday, immediately following JM and the AM, from the uh, headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. We are in the midst of busy time, very busy time here at Ariel Tours. We are very proud to be um, handling the flights, the groups, the major, the really amazing numbers of kids that are going on NCSY Israel summer programs. And I want to tell you something as someone who's the, in, the, in the travel business and we're arranging the flights, it, it presents a little bit of a difficulty, but looking at it from obviously the perspective of what they're doing, what the, the accomplishments of NCSY, there are kids coming from all over the United States from places that you could not imagine that NCSY is active. And it is really beautiful and amazing. So we're consumed almost with uh, getting them ready for their big departures the end of June, beginning of July. So many great programs. I think close to a 1,000 um, kids that will be spending the summer in Israel, of which one of the programs, TJJ, brings um, public school kids to Israel for an, an amazing experience, and they just uh, ran a uh, a survey to find out to what extent that trip to Israel of the TJJ kids has a, a lasting effect. You know what? I'm going to post. Just thought of it now. I'm going to post. There's a great video they put out, NCSY put out. I'll post it on our Facebook page as well. Anyway, we're also busy with the. Um, the, the post-high school uh, young men that are going to Israel for the year. It's like everything happens at the same time. But thank God, thank God, it's a beautiful thing. We wish everybody, the summer, the gap year programs, everybody that's going to Israel, you should have an amazing time and you should be inspired and come back with a love for Israel that will stay with you for the rest of your life. And that segues perfectly into um, telling you that the Israel show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh so that when you come back from Israel and you are inspired you'll consider making Aliyah and you'll go to the Nefesh Benefesh website and you'll see what they have to offer and you'll keep it in mind even if you're not making Aliyah tomorrow, even if you're still in college and you want to make Aliyah after that keep up with what's going on Nefesh Benefesh provides so many resources to Olim to potential Olim it is something that, if you even, I, I would say if you're even remotely considering making Aliyah, you should take a look at it. But I, I, I'm going to change that. Even if you're not remotely considering Aliyah, you should still go to the Nefesh Benefesh website and, and see what they do, what they're all about. www.nbn.org.il N-B-N, nefesh benefesh, dot O-R-G, dot I-L. Nefesh benefesh has made Aliyah an in thing for the Jews in America. And we, the Israel Show, we are proud to be sponsored by Nefesh benefesh. Okay, we promised you um, to discuss the interview that President Obama gave to Ilana Dayan she was picked 
by the Obama administration, not surprisingly, because she is quite obviously on the left side of the Israeli political spectrum, not a big friend of Benjamin Netanyahu. Leading up to this interview, the night before the interview was broadcast, Ilana Dayan aired a uh, program highlighting the rift between America and Israel and making it out to be this horrific situation that's never been before and it's all because of Netanyahu. And who does she interview? Of course, all the people on the left, all the Obama people, the people that are uh, part of the Obama camp, David Axelrod, amongst others. And he had a, one of the most amazing quotes that came out of that show was, David Axelrod said that the president was very frustrated that he had done so much for Israel and yet he feels that the people in Israel don't have gratitude to him. He said, I've done so much for Israel, I think I'm I'm the most Jewish person that has sat in the Oval Office. He's like, you know, the first Jewish president, so to speak. Okay, I don't know what world this is, what fantasy world that's from. Okay, here is, um, here is the part of the interview that I think is very important. Because a lot of it is fluff, a lot of the interview is, cutesy, you know, questions and answers about things that are not so difficult. But in in this question and answer, you will hear what is ultimately a veiled threat. That's exactly what it is. President Obama is basically saying, if the government of Israel does not continue to negotiate toward a two-state solution, and he says, he is convinced now that Benjamin Netanyahu is not for a two-state solution. So then, he says, I have no choice, but when anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian resolutions come up in the UN, which the United States has always vetoed, he has he will have no choice but to consider them favorably. Yep. Do as I say, otherwise I will take it out on you in the United Nations. Of course, he couches it in different terms. But that's what he's saying. That's pretty scary. Here it is. Listen to this clip. Ilana Dayan and President Obama. And to some other statements the Prime Minister made before the elections about Arabs going by the drones to the polls. And you said a very interesting sentence. You said, all that has foreign policy consequences. I'm asking you on a very practical level, Mr. President, what is it that Israel is getting from the United States today that it might not get in the future? Well, when I said after the election that we would have to evaluate uh, our policy, I was referring to something very specific, and that is how we approach defending Israel on the international stage around the Palestinian issue. So... In terms of what the United States provides to Israel, the most important thing we provide, security and intelligence and military assistance, that doesn't go away because that 
is part of the commitment, the solemn commitment that I've made with respect to Israel's security. And that's something I feel uh, very deeply, and that's not something that's conditioned on any particular policy. But the practical consequences I refer to, mm-hmm. let's be very specific. Um, if there are additional resolutions introduced in the United Nations. Up until this point, we have pushed away against European efforts, for example, or other efforts, uh, because we've said the only way this gets resolved is if the two parties work together. But you're not sure you're going to continue doing that? Well, here's, here's the challenge. If, in fact, there's no prospect of an actual peace process, if nobody believes there's a peace process, then it becomes more difficult to argue with those who are concerned about settlement construction, those who are concerned about uh, the current situation. It's more difficult for me to say to them, be patient, wait, because we have a process here. Because all they need to do is to point to the statements that have been made saying there is no, pro- there, there is no process. And so the, so the issue here, and this is something that we expect to work with the Israeli people, as well as Palestinians, as well as the international community, how do we move off what appears right now to be a hopeless situation and move it back towards a hopeful situation? That will require more than just words. That will require some actions. And uh, that's going to be hard work, though, because right now I think uh, there's not a lot of confidence in the process. And the United States... Uh, has a great investment in this, uh, not just because uh, we care about uh, Israeli security, but because we also care about making sure that the region in a whole stays focused on uh, issues like ISIL, uh, which are so dangerous to everybody. Do you hear? Do you hear what he's saying? First of all, the Israeli conflict takes away from our focus on the other stuff in the region which is astounding and the reason the United States would not support Israel in the United Nations is because look how could we support Israel and say that it should be all based on on negotiations bilateral negotiations when Israel doesn't really want to negotiate oh the Palestinians, he doesn't say this, but it's quite obvious that's what he's saying without saying it. The Palestinians aren't to blame for this. It's the Israelis that are to blame for this. It is amazing. He sees this conflict in, in a totally black and white way and an anti, unfortunately, anti-Israel way. So if... I was the Palestinian Authority. I would say, hey, hey, that's great. I don't got to do nothing. I'll just wait around. Netanyahu won't come to me because he knows it's useless. Because every offer that's been made to me I've turned down would say, Mahmoud Abbas. And the president will support me. And by the way, this goes back to the earliest days of the Obama administration. The earliest days. In which all the onus was put on Israel. Stop the settlements. So the Palestinian side just just hung. Hanged out. They hung out. No problem. We'll wait. And by the way, 
Israel has done so much over the years. They keep saying, oh, Israel has to, uh, confidence building, all these, these slogans, this has been done time and time again. This is going on for decades and decades. And every time Israel does something that, that uh, the United States wants them to do as a confidence building measure, it ends up really, quite frankly, hitting us back in the face, ends up in Jews being killed. And the people of Israel have spoken. They, people of Israel, the overwhelming majority of the people in Israel understand that there is no one to make a deal with. But yet the President of the United States thinks that if Israel doesn't make some sort of a deal with uh, the Palestinian Authority, a deal which most Israelis think would put them in jeopardy, well, America will stop supporting Israel in the UN, and it'll take the focus away from our fight in ISIS. The entire Middle East around Israel is falling apart because of President Obama's policies over the last seven years. And somehow he is fixated on Benjamin Netanyahu. It is unbelievable. Here's another clip. This this is specifically about the deal that he's negotiating with the Iranians, where he makes this claim that I think everybody, including himself, I believe, knows is absolutely untrue. That if they catch the Iranians cheating, then the sanctions will, will quote-unquote, snap back. They came up with that term. That's such a brilliant term, by the way. It, it, it's such a propaganda term. Snap, there won't be any snapback because sanctions don't snap back. It takes years to put the sanctions in place. And quite frankly, all those countries that have put them in sanction weren't happy about it because they lose money, because they want to trade and get Iranian money. So nobody's snapping back to anything. Here's that exchange. And that's a wishful thinking and to take the money and not they've got $150 billion. Uh, and now they can do even mm-hmm. more mischief around the region. I would make three points on that. Number one is that we will be putting in place a snapback provision so that if they cheat on the nuclear deal, the sanctions automatically go back into place. We don't have to ask Mr. Putin's permission, for example, to put sanctions back. Oh, is that bogus? That is so bogus. And in this uh, interview, as part of this charm offensive, the president said, I understand the concerns and the fears of the people of Israel. In, in, in a wonderful, really, it's long, but well thought out and well documented op-ed piece in the Times of Israel, David Horowitz comments on what, President Obama does not understand. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll re- read a few select uh, um, sentences and phrases, and then we'll post a link. We'll post several links. We'll post a link to this article, which I think you really should read if you want to get a better understanding of the situation currently between Israel and the United States. And we'll post a link where you can download an audio file, an MP3 file of the entire interview between President Obama and Ilana Dayan and judge for yourself. It's all in English, no problem. David Horowitz writes, um, 
He says, the president said that I can say to the Israeli people, I understand your concerns, I understand your fears. But here's the thing, Mr. President, you don't. And your interview made that so unfortunately plain. You don't fully understand our concerns and our fears. You know full well that the Jewish state and its people want nothing more than to live in peace and tranquility alongside their neighbors. What you so evidently haven't fully internalized, however, is the extent to which we Israelis in the middle ground have been battered by recent history and continue to be battered by the events unfolding all around us. He says that, meaning, we've tried. There was an Oslo process. We withdrew from Lebanon. He goes on and he details all these things. And what did we get in return? We know what we got in return. Israel withdrew unilaterally from Gaza. And look what we got in return. And then he writes, Israel just elected Netanyahu again. Ignoring your pleas, Mr. President, because the evidence of danger, evidence of danger, outweighs the evidence upon which to build hope. And here's the irony, Mr. President. Your policies and your rhetoric haven't helped. Then he ends off addressing President Obama. You want us to be the very best Israel that we can be? So do we, Mr. President, so do we. You said you see your job as to feed hope and not just feed fear. Well, I implore you, Mr. President, don't settle for blaming us for giving in to our concerns and our fears. Help reduce them. Help alleviate them. Give us the evidence upon which to rebuild our hope. That is um, an editorial by um, David Horowitz. It's entitled, No, Mr. President, You Don't Fully Understand Our Fears. Go back to the music. Let's see what we want to do now. Brand new song. Oh, this is one we promised last week. We just didn't get to it. It's called Izun by Hanan Ben-Ari. Izun means balance. We need to have balance in life. It's a really nice one. And he is an up-and-coming star of... uh, Israeli music as well. Hanan Benari, my name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I think that I בוררת זיכרוני אני אדם מהפרבטי ולפה אני אשוב הרוח המנשבת בקרירה בכל מצב שמנסה אני לשמור על הגרוב אני מקדים ומאחר בפעימה אני צריך כיוון, איזון ולצאת מהניוון בנוח נפש נשמה בין הרצון לעשייה יש רוח מים אדמה בין הירעה לאהבה אתה צריך כיוון, איזון ולצאת מהניוון Neshama, 
להיות חופשי בלי לעשות כל מה שבא לי להתבגר ולהישאר טוטאלי להתאבד על החלום באופן רציונלי למצוא את הרגש בשגרת הריבית לשים תחפושת ולזכור את התכלית ליצור פאנקי פופ ולשמור על הביט ושעדיין יקראו לזה מוזיקה יהודית אפשר ליצור יבשת, אז כן הסתנות על יבי פרס המתחמשת. אני רוצה מזוג, עובר חפכים לזוג, אבל בשביל שזה יהיה תענוג, אני צריך כיוון, איזון, כדי לצאת מהניזון. בין רוח נפש נשמה, בין הרצון לעשייה. יש רוח מים אדמה, בין היראה לאהבה. אתה צריך כיוון, איזון, כדי לצאת מהניזון. בין רוח נפש נשמה. ולזרום ולחלום. אתה צריך אשפוז, חפוז, אחינו אל תהיה שבוז, תזוז מן העצבות אל השמחה, מחידלון לעשייה. תצא מתוך ההפכה, משיעבוד לגאולה. That is great music from Hanan Ben-Ari. And the words, some of the words are, are really cool. I got to say, I'm blown away a little bit. He, he, the whole song is about finding balance in life. He finds himself sometimes very high, very excited that he's great and everything's terrific. And then suddenly he finds himself that he, he feels that he's being mediocre and he's not pushing himself to be the best he can be. And he, he constantly looking for the balance. He, he says, the balance ben ruach nefesh neshama, ben haratzon la'asiya esh ruach maim adama ben hayir ala ahava. Then he says how he's trying to find the emotions even though life is basically a, a rerun. It's, it's a re- routine. למצוא את הרגש בשגרת הריפית, לשים תחפושת ולזכור את התכלית, sort of put on a mask and remember what the תכלס is, ליצור, to create punk, hip-hop, ולשמור על הביט, create that kind of music, ושעדיין יקראו לזה מוזיקה יהודית. And yet, even though it's punk and it's hip-hop, It should still be called Jewish music. That's also part of the balance that he's looking for, to take the music of the day and transform it into a Jew- Jewish music. That's really beautiful.
Hanan Benari with Izun will post the link to uh, that the music video of that that recently came out. We'll post that on our Facebook page later on in the day, facebook.com slash the Israel show. One more um, political story quickly, and then we'll end off with some more new great music. We spoke last week or two weeks ago, I don't remember, about the report of the organization called Shovrim Shtika. Breaking the Silence. This is a very radical left-wing organization in Israel that collects reports from soldiers about basically crimes or war crimes or unethical things that were done during the battle. And instead of trying to deal with them in Israel, they take it and publicize it for the entire world to see. Don't get it. I don't get it. These are Jews, Israelis, people who themselves have served in the army. They believe that they're doing such a great service to Israel because by doing this, by highlighting it, they're going to pressure Israel, Israeli army, to become more moral, more ethical, I don't know what they're talking about. The Israeli army could not be more moral and ethical. The Israeli army fights with two hands tied behind their back because of the morality. The Israeli army in Gaza has killed less civilians per capita and in absolute numbers than the Americans have killed in Afghanistan and in Iraq. It's insane that the enemies of Israel keep focusing on this. And now, within Israel themselves, they're focusing on this. The part that is even more troubling is that Switzerland, not known for their great love of the Jews, the Swiss government is sponsoring a uh, display of this organization an exhibit you're giving it their imprimatur and giving money and you should just know that so much of the radical radical left in Israel are being funded by European countries and the European Union but now we've reached the next step and this yes is again the spirit of the Obama administration. For the first time, White House and State Department officials met with representatives of Shovrim Shtika who came to the United States to spread these, quite frankly, libelous reports about Israel. By the way, and we discussed this last time, the reports are anonymous. Nobody, not one soldier in that report is ready to come out and say, this is who I am, this is which battalion I was with, this is where this happened. And yet, they come out with it as if it's fact, and share it with the world. It's biased, it's one-sided, it ignores the overwhelming proper behavior of the Israeli soldiers and highlights the handful of problems that should be dealt with inside of Israel, but they make this into as if this was the norm. 
And, and we should not agree to it. And yes, there's no reason that we, as American citizens, should not say to our government to contact the White House and the State Department and protest and say, we do not believe that the State Department and the White House should be meeting with breaking the silence, that they are not a true picture of what is going on in Israel, and that they've never been met before by that level of the United States government. Running out of time here, we're going to, uh, let's see if we have time for this. Want to end off, well, we'll run a little over. We're going to end off with Udi Davidi, who put out a uh, a cover of a very old song, Ima Marti Mata Ragli Chazdecha Hashem Yisadeni, was written by Mayor Shapiro of Lublin, known as the uh, innovator and initiator of the Daf Yomi. And uh, Udi Davidi gives it a new spin. We'll end off with that. Not before we say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network and to Mark Zamek. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, immediately after us, the encore presentation of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by Headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, following JM in the AM. This is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
Yeah. 